Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Great joy and good afternoon, my friend. The Nepalese meditation bowl is chiming, centering your mind and delight on the art of the CEO. The show that brings you the wisest counsel and the most fascinating people in the business community from all around our terrestrial orb. I am Bart Jackson, your Hieronymus Bosch of business. And today, we are going to guide you to the view from the mountaintop, literally. Worldwide adventure and expedition leader, Ms. Julie Lewis, takes leaders of self and others on the, to those wildlands where exhilaration and serenity go hand in hand. In, in, it, it's really the ultimate business retreat. Julie leads seeking clients through polar snows, Himalayan peaks, remote jungles, to, to give nature a voice in their hearts. For Julie knows what so many of us need to learn, that a physical challenge unites the mind and the spirit and that resilient core of the very unique you. So, whether you are a seeker of pure adrenalized adventure or a sea sweeter searching for some new essence that will translate and you can bring back your own venturing business life, pull up your chair a little closer and join us in this feast of wisdom, all carefully cuisined to make your career thrive and your ventures flourish. Julie, I thank you for winging your way all the way from your Abu Dhabi home to commune with me and us in the, in the Big Apple and to share a little bit about uh, the adventures of your uplifting Mountain Jaime Expeditionary Company, which you operate. Thank you so much. And um, I parked my camel back home in Abu Dhabi and uh, took a 14 and a half hour <laughs> flight to be able to join you. And I'm super excited about uh, what we're going to be discussing this morning. It is amazing the way we can span the world and, uh, and fabulous the way we can bring folks of your quality to us. Jules, uh, let me, let's just say I am a CEO and I'm calling you to help set me up in the ultimate uh, corporate oxygen uh, experience. For, for me, a few of my team, uh, I want an adventure that's going to weld us together and uh, we're 40-ish fit and eager. And uh, what kind of mountain Jaime expedition might you plan for us? Great question. And Corporate Oxygen really talks about breathing new life into your business and to your personal life and, and tapping into your personal oh. power, which is taking you away from the air-conditioned, fluorescent-lit concrete buildings and out <laughs> into the vast open spaces of nature. So really, I would I ask you quite, do they have a preference for mountain, desert, or forest? Um, or it could be Arctic. I would like to start probably with a, a mountain because I think the mountain is a great metaphor for life instead of you know, starting off at base camp and then going towards a goal, peaks, valleys, summits, plateaus, etc. And so really it's about this um, sense of achievement and, and more self-awareness of yourself and others and nature and pretty much attention restoration so that we're stepping out of this autopilot into now, um, you become so much more neurologically alive uh, when you're out in a new place oh. in an unpredictable environment. So you're really having to 
come to your senses instead of just, you know, it's not from home to work, from work to the mall, from all the usual things that we do day in, day out on autopilot. So this is a great way to tap into uh, our innate intelligence and, and become more aware of our surroundings. I, I couldn't agree with you. I mean, my own experience, I, I really noticed the difference on an expedition where teamwork becomes not a goal, but an absolute life-saving necessity. Oh, gosh, well, yeah. Let's just say after we have doffed our boots, I mean, and we've slipped into the sandals and we're uh, crouching around the fire, what what might we take away from this spirit-bending trek? that you've taken us on. What I generally do is um, open up discussions in terms of what was your most memorable moment today because moments do matter and everybody tracks the same path but they have a different experience. Um, we talk about senses so I might say okay what did you see today? What did you hear? What did you smell? What you did you taste? So really it's about coming back to your senses. So really passing a talking stick round and saying what did you see today? And it's quite interesting that people see different things even though they've been walking on the same path or they've experienced something different. So it's really a great time at the end of the day for reflection um, and absorbing, you know, what did I actually experience today? And what have I learned from that about myself, about others, and about nature? So a great time at the end of each day to reflect on, on that journey. Well, I, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, I've discovered everything from the joy of blisters to uh, the cocoa leaf. Um, but... Yes. When you're tired, tracks, cold, and hungry, will. what do you think of? Yes. <laughs> yes, that's right. It's like artists, what do they say? When artists dream, they dream of money. Anyway, do, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering here. Uh, let me get, come back to reality. Julie, uh, actually, in my own case, I was born and raised in a very outdoors uh, family, before, uh, sitting before the campfire, whitewater paddling, and so forth. But for... Yeah. Julie Lewis, this resilient, under-the-stars life, that was your own choosing. You were like St. Paul. You had a brainstorming epiphany uh, <laughs> on your birthday, and you carved it from there. Tell us about the big 4-0 decision and how it launched the Lifetime of Treks. Yeah, well, my background is in sports science, Bart. So I've, I've always been involved in physical activity, moving the mind and the body. And it's been kind of traditional sports and in the gym and in the swimming pool. And I kind of realized that there's a big world out there, a bigger, bigger playground. And when you get to these kind of milestone birthdays, I call them zero limit birthdays, whether it's 40, 50, 60, 70, whatever it is, as long as it's got a zero, then it's, you know, it's time to do something kind of that you've never done before that challenges you a little bit. And I'd been on an educational trip to Malaysia back in 2001 and on that trip I saw a gorgeous gorgeous mountain and it literally had my name all it was calling you know we talk about answering the call to adventure so I asked our guide about <laughs> yeah. you know how long does it take to climb that? What's the best time of the year to climb it? And I thought, that's what I'm going to do for my 40th birthday. So the following year, 2002, World Health Day, 7th of April, I stood along with five of my colleagues that I'd cajoled to, to kind of uh, come with me on this journey and stood on top of Kota Kinabalu in Malaysia, 4,095 meters, which, you know, is, is a reasonable peak. Compared, you know, when you live at sea level, it's a peak. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, yes, it and is. Just, and and yeah. all of the illnesses of, of altitude can come right <laughs> falling down upon you so it is in the thin yeah. air and literally what was I the thought, name of I'm the on a mountain uh, Kota Kinabalu in Malaysia um, and uh, 
Borneo, Borneo, Malaysia. It's called the Land Below oh. the Wind, and it's quite a quite a unique mountain. And they actually have a, a race where you can run up it, and I think there's some kind of record for getting up and down the mountain in about 40 hours or something, no, less than 40 hours. Um, I'm not I, quite I sure, but super this, fast. Right? It's normally a three-day, two-day expedition. And literally standing yeah, on top yeah. of that mountain on the 7th of April, 2002, celebrating my 40th birthday, I thought, I'm on a mountain. I'm on a natural high, uh-huh. mountain high. Uh-huh. Oh, that would be a really, right. really cool name for an organization. And so really the, a late uh-huh. starter climbing my first mountain at 40, but then that wisdom flash, you know, from the, the high beyond the clouds to say, I, th- this is what I want to do. I've got to do something with this. Yeah. So that's where it all started well, you just, on you, top of Kota Kinabalu. You just said something, and I, and I want to bring this up. That, uh, when you're young and when I was young, the idea of racing up the mountain, how fast I can get up there and so forth. I, I had friends who climbed the three highest mountains in, in Britain, in, in Wales, in, uh, in, in, in Wales, Scotland, and, and England. That's a thing that you can do in 24 yes. hours. Yeah, the three-peak challenge. I thought to yeah. myself, when we, get, when, we, when we reach the age of judgment, which is uh, – <laughs> and as as we each as we as we do come to uh and you hit forty you're finding that the that there are greater rewards in that for your uh when you reach that decision right and when you reach that yes. age you there is there is there is a, a judgment and and things that you find that you wouldn't find earlier correct very much so, and, and really it sounds kind of esoteric, but it's a journey of who you become as a result of climbing that mountain. Obviously, the, the, the high peak, the, the point where you reach the summit is, is the, the end point of that, but it's all along the way that, you know, each step, you know, it's, it's really like a walking meditation where you, you have so much time with yourself and in nature with very few distractions, and uh, it's, it's really who you become as a result of that, and then obviously knowing that when you reach the summit, you still got to get all the way back down to the bottom, so that's you know, yes. you're halfway through the journey. So, and oh, we all know too. that it's a lot harder on the knees with coming down than it is going up. Oh heavens, yes! If you have just joined <laughs> us, you are listening to the Art of the CEO uh, radio show, which every Tuesday, two p.m. Eastern time, comes winging your way through the often exasperating realms of cyberspace, where you may listen and download this and all our episodes by visiting theartoftheceo.com that's theartoftheceo.com and as an added avenue you may also enjoy our shows uh, on C-Suite Radio Station we are now proud members of C-Suite Radio where business grows more fruitfully through the benefit of shared expertise so just visit the Art of the CEO episodes on c-suiteradio.com now Julie fast forwarding through many emotional career uh, and Rocky Peaks. Uh, in 2003, you uh, joined, uh, you launched, well, you founded the Mount Everest Base Camp Women's Challenge. I believe I got that right. 18 women at 18,000 right. feet. And, and you did it on the most difficult side of, of the world's tallest mountain uh, through, through the icy crevasse-ridden uh, section. Tell us, Jules, what did the women find there? Um, 
I think they found really what was important, what was not important. And the good thing about this group are that it was 18 very diverse women. And when I talk about diversity, I'm talking oh. cross-generational, so young and wise. I talk, don't say the word old. And then cross-cultural, so many, <laughs> maybe nine different different nationalities. And really all there, they chose to do this. We trained, um, you know, 18 days away from the comforts of home and family. And really it was um, a journey where we also raised $80,000 for a mobile breast screening unit. So there was that aspect of altruism. So doing something for yourself, doing something for others, but also immersing yourself in Nepal. And, and for anybody who's listening, if you haven't been to Nepal, you must, must go. Um, it's oh, the most special, absolutely. magical place uh, in the world. You know, never ending peace and love, N-E-P-A-L. You have to go. Um, and so I think really what happened on that trip, it allowed time and space without distractions again uh, for a bit of a life review, um, basically. And I know half, more than half of the women back, came back from that trip and they made some pretty major life changes. And I was one of those because I decided to leave my job and actually start Mountain <laughs> High. So it was that final nudge for me to say, this is what I love doing. I can see the impact that it has. I want to do this all of the time. So now is the time to start Mountain High. For others, they left, uh, some people moved country, some people committed to relationships, some people left relationships, other people took their family back there to say, I want you to experience this. So I think when we have those, what I call C, significant emotional experiences where you feel so alive and connected to nature, you do something with it. You, you come back transformed. You know, things can never be the same again. Um, so I think it was yeah, very no. much a transfer Journey. Uh huh. I'm so glad to hear that. I again, I found that in my own life, and I and I think that this is something that people need to realize that even if it's not a mountain, there is more world out there than you're sampling today. And I'm, I'm yes. so glad that you're bringing that up to us. As a matter of fact, I think we should call that a quill pen moment because it is a timeless bill of uh, business truth, and that is. Uh, so I, it, it's, it's timeless, and so I would like you all to dip your pens in the inkwell and scribble down that there, as Julie has said, it is transformational moments come from discovering that there is more world out there than you have experienced thus far. Wonderful. Now, your, your experience, by the way, was, uh, was to say, well, I, as you just said, I want to do this from then on. So you ran around and you joined Creative Travel Solutions uh, but you were able to sort of style your own kind of adventure and your own mission um, with with this, and yet still make it profitable for the company. How did you do that? How did you, for our aspiring travel entrepreneur out there, how did you manage that? Yeah, I was very fortunate because actually just after the Everspace camp trip, I came back and I thought I'd like to do something to say thank you to the team. And I thought, let me organize a, a boat tour. Let's go on water. And so I did a bit of a recce trip and I was chatting to a lovely woman on that trip. And she said, aren't you the woman from the radio that was talking about eating yak cheese and being chased by yaks and crossing rivers? And I said, <laughs> Yes, that was me. She said, I loved it. I loved it. What are you doing next? And I said, well, I've actually just left my job and I'm looking at starting my own business. And fortunate for me, the gods were shining on me. This woman and a partner actually owned Creative Travel Solutions. And 
the next day I had a meeting with them and able to kind of create the the adventure division of Creative Travel Solutions. So within 24 hours of having this discussion, I had a desk, an office, um, visa in process, and was able to really um, co-market, you know, cross-market their services with flights, you know, airport pickups, visas, experiences with my really innate burning passion now for adventure. Um, so that gave me a really good head start, you know, low, um, low under uh, overheads, basically. But the ability to have somebody, uh, somebody support on that and make it profitable. So it was a win, win, win. And I was so excited. I was doing a happy dance in the office. As soon as I, you know, you've got your business card, <laughs> you get started and the phone rings, you go, yes, this is it. Um, so very, very well, um, it was how, smart. The phone you know, is of going how did you attract own. new clients, Jules? Um, I love telling stories and I love taking pictures. So basically, uh, newspaper worthy very much. I mean, when 18 women go to Everest Base Camp and rate $80,000 for a mobile rescue, there's a story, there's content, there's real uh, stories unfolding of all the characters. So I had a lot of media exposure through the radio, through the print, and actually through TV. Uh, And then I would go and speak to schools, universities, anybody that would listen, basically. (laughs) Um, And obviously, once you start your website, and you kind of get that uh, base, you know, that, that people can go to. So really it was a matter of telling stories of wild experiences and the benefits really of traveling and, and making it easy for people because often people think adventure travel, it's, it's just for, you know, big, hairy explorers, men, and it's not, you know, it's just open to everybody oh, yeah. with a spirit of adventure that's willing to step out of their own comfort zone and actually get on a plane or a train um, and actually just go into, a, go into the unknown. And, and go to a new world. So that was really how I attracted new clients. And obviously the 18 women that came on the trip were telling all of their friends um, and all of their friends told all of their friends. So all of a sudden, you know, it was just word of mouth referrals, which was really, really important when you're doing something like this. You know, this is trust that it's very best. It's not a tangible product. It's not a phone or a toaster or something. This is an no, actual no. experience. So you're, definitely you're, word of you're mouth. experiences. Yeah, yeah. Yes, very I, much before, so. Uh, we're, uh, before we break, I, I have to ask something. You, you are, without a doubt, one of the, the uh, more delightfully unfettered management coaches ever to grace the art of the CEO microphone. So in, in your book, Moving Mountains, Discover the Mountain in You, one of your bright ideas is to combine uh, dancing and walking and go dance walking with your friends. Now, I've got to ask my lady, have you, have you ever done this, actually, down the street? With... Just this morning, all the time. You know, it's oh, fun, well, it's energizing. Um, it really kind of loosens, you know, loosens things up. And I think, you know, if you love listening to music, which I do, and you like moving, then why not combine dance walking? And, uh, yeah, it's a bit like having flash mobs, really, isn't it, when people come and set up. And I think it's just oh, yeah, a great, yeah. fun, energizing uh, way to start the day, you know, break up the day, end the day. Um, you know, we need more fun and play because we all know that we make much better decisions when we're more relaxed and we're energized instead of this serious frown and, you know, in an office and we're been sat somewhere for hours on end, you know, thinking, what can I do about this? And it's like, go for a dance walk. It'll work out. Hi, <laughs> I think that's wonderful. And I got to say, you know, you're, you've planted a seed in very fertile ground here. I think the whole world, the business world, is breaking out of its shell in so many ways. And we can all have examples of that, but uh, which is a whole other show in and of itself. Jules, 
uh, well, we're going to plunge. We want to plunge a little deeper into your polar and Himalayan uh, and wilderness expeditions, and also uh, pass on to uh, for you, my friend. You're going to get some resiliency tips uh, as and coming up in just right now, in a few moments, right after we sort of prepare ourselves with a brief humorous sorbet, as I proffer you a few utensils for today's feast. And the first utensil, as I always do, allow me to remind each of you hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself. And since that's really the most important position you'll ever hold in your career, allow me to ask, will this be the day that you settle down and into evening's end with that confidence that no matter what the fate brings you, you have met it by giving your absolute all? Or... Will you continue your days with half a heart and a quarter of the reward? The choice, my friend, is truly yours. And the second utensil, I can sense you yearning to steep your lips into a little laughter and taste a scriptural recitation from the 101 Best Business Quips book, which I am thumbing through as we speak. Okay, here we are. This is, the, I love this, this is 41. Seriousness is an attempt to banish joy in hopes of gaining focus. And while not too effective, it seems to be the prime indicator for our uh, HR department. <laughs> Julie, what, what do you think? Do you think that a joyous spirit makes more room for focus than a grim snarl? Yes, definitely. Uh, the joy of leadership, the joy of living. Joy is one of the highest vibrations, you know, in terms of energy. When you, Just the word when you say joy, you know, it, it's just beautiful. And I think it's yeah. important that... You know, that we integrate all these aspects of leadership, joy, uh, focus, resilience, um, humor, mindfulness. It Really, leadership is, is an integration of so many asks rather than just, you know, one area, physical or mental or emotional, you know. And, and I just think that, that living in a complex world, you know, the more that we can come back to the simple basics and tap into our innate intelligence and tap into our own joy. Because, you know, I call it love in action, oh, no. basically. When you're doing something that you love, everybody else feels that energy okay. and, and re it's contagious. You know, we, we radiate energy and, no, no. and people love that. Yeah. I love your phrases. Ooh. Living action, walking meditation, marvelous. Well, my own afterthought to that quip is that, well, you know, a grimace, sweat, and physical fatigue, they, they look kind of good on the surface, but performance with a smile trumps them every time, just my thought. <laughs> if you smirked a bit over that quip, we have them literally by the books full. Just visit bartsbooks.com and pick up your copy of the 102 or the 101 best business quips, and your cheery wit will indeed lift your own and all the spirits of your fellow chain gangers at work. And as a third utensil, we sumptuously spoon to you the answer to last week's business quotation. That is, the name of the individual who said, the biggest mistake you can make is that you're working for someone else. Jobs are owned by the company, but you, my friend, own your career. Those wise words were spoken by none other than the radio host and author of How to Create Miracles, Mr. Earl Nightingale. Congratulations to all you winners, and stick with us because later on in the show blurting your way comes another enriching quotation and if you're among the learned souls who knows the author of that quote simply scribble that saves his name down as you believe him or to be and email it right off to info at bartsbooks.com and if you are correct your knowledge will earn you a mind soul and career igniting gift freshly disemboweled from the dungeons of Bart's Books bookstore <laughs> and before we return to Julie Lewis 
who in the twinkling of a texting thumb will lay bare the mysteries of exploring Bhutan and finding resilience, allow me to introduce to you the company by whose good graces we are here today. And that company is Prometheus Publishing. And this week's, the folks at Prometheus, instead of telling you about one of their enlightening volumes, they'd like to proudly announce their Prometheus Awards. Now, Prometheus, as we all know, was the ancient Greek titan who defied the gods and brought to humankind the gift of fire. And from that gift, my friend, there was no turning back. The Prometheus Awards are are there to recognize those exceptional individuals who, by their personal example and by their inventive enterprises, enrich the human community and shed light into our world. And right now, Prometheus Publishing is conducting a call for nominations. So if you know an individual, some a special idealist who's putting his or her creative sweat and energy into a project that's enriching some corner of our human community, we invite you to share their rays of hope and nominate them as a, command, a candidate for the Prometheus Awards. And you can do this in two ways. Uh, we are looking for people both, by the way, from the profit and the non-profit sectors of our business community anywhere in the terrestrial orb. So you can on- nominate them in two ways. You can go to info at bartsbooks.com and just write your candidates down, write straight to the station, and uh, they will we will pass it on. Uh, just include the name of the, the honoree, a couple of a brief description, and some contact information for them. Or you may visit bartsbooks.com website and click on the tab Business Best and fill out the simple form there. Either way, we need your light. And now, with utensils in hand, let us return to the one-woman expeditionary force, Julie Lewis, who is going to test your resilience and bring it to greater fruition. Now, Jules, you did something that you, you do something. It's very admirable, and, and I think wise. You always line up with your expeditions some cause. You you raise funds while you're raising spirits. Uh, how do you work this this fundraising from a business aspect, and and what does it give to your mountain high clients? I, I talk about brand madness and madness or mad love, um, M-A-D, making a difference, <laughs> L-O-V-E, lots of valuable experiences. Oh. So really, it's, a, it's an additional layer of um, impact and influence and the altruistic. So it gives people an opportunity to um, expand their mind and their body through actually completing the challenge and experiencing a new culture and also making a difference to um, people in the community, whether it's an educational or an environmental or a health um, kind of project. And so it's a win-win-win. So I talk about brand madness and and who would like to experience mad love, you know, that you're making a difference to yourself and to others and to the community. And, you know, in the bigger, we've done tree planting, we've visited uh, schools, orphanages, we've taken things off wish lists, we've uh, given products, resources. So it's not always kind of big sums of of cash. It's really what what is needed most and how we could could impact and, and, and make a difference, basically. You remind me of Sir Edmund Hillary, whom uh, who did so much oh, for the yes. Sherpa com- uh, community. I remember when we hiked up there, they all called way back when they referred to him as Eddie. Uh, uh, marvelous. Uh, <laughs> anyway, among your many other um, amazing qualifications, you are a resilience specialist. Now, you know, frankly. I got to tell you, most of the folks I know have the resilience of a stone thudding to earth and the flexibility of pig iron. So, 
enlighten me if, 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 and, and uh, those individuals out there. What is true resiliency and, and how do you instill it? Great question. And many, many years ago, somebody just said to me, Julie, you are so resilient. And I thought, what does that actually mean? I hope that's good. And I looked it up and I did <laughs> some research up. and some studies. I looked it up. What is, what is the definition of resilience? And then really I thought, wow, yes, I am. And how could um, I look further into this and, and explore and measure and assess and, and share that with others? So basically, in a nutshell, resilience is this ability to bounce back from setbacks. Uh, to remain calm and optimistic mm-hmm. during challenging and changing times, uh, to be open, uh, open-minded instead of a closed mind, and being flexible in your approach, to be uh, solution-focused um, instead of, you know, naming, you know, situational uh, discussions, talking about a problem, you know, move it to um, active solutions uh, and the word action, taking action, basically. And then managing your own stress so that you become more resilient. And how do you instill it? It's really very, very simple by experiences. And the more experiences we have, whether we perceive them to be good or not so good, the more resilient we become, the more resilient we become, we're more able to manage stress, change, anxiety, um, uh, you know, unpredictable, challenging, dynamic circumstances. And I think in a digital, disruptive, dynamic, diverse world, um, resilience is an absolute vital uh, leadership skill, both in your business and your sports and in your life. Well, you know, it, it's funny. I, I think this, the resiliency of what you've just outlined so, so beautifully is something that we comes naturally on the trail when you're faced with the with nature and, and reality. And yet you put us in an office and we get, we get embraced by the social menu and we lose it. And now you have... Uh, Made a made a very kind offer to to, to help uh, the listeners of the art of the CEO. So take heed, my friend. Uh, Jules is going to help you evaluate and grow your own personal resilience. Uh, Jules, tell us how we could how, what you had planned, the offer you're making, and, and how we can take advantage. Yes, yeah, so, um, a couple of years ago now, I spent some time in London with a group of business psychologists called Nicholson McBride, and I really loved the work that they were doing, so I became an accredited resilience uh, consultant. And under that, I'm able to offer um, testing, online testing and programs, and, and feedback on resilience. So what we're offering to the Art of the CEO listeners and raving fans is something called an RLQ, Resilient Leadership Quotient Test. And this is an online test that asks you a series of questions once you've answered them and submitted them, then it will collate um, an RLQ report that really looks at areas of vision, effectiveness, empowerment, responsiveness, and supportiveness. So it's a real uh, measure of your current level of resilient leadership. What does that actually mean? And, and how could you move forward from that you know, to, to really heighten that and obviously individual resilience and team resilience and then organize, uh, organizational resilience? So it's a great start point to get that awareness. How can, what, should, what should we do? Should they write the station or how should we handle it? We have, I have created a link and that is in your inbox right now. So it's a very easy to access link that they, people will click on. It'll open up. It'll come out with a series of questions. They then submit it and then shebang, there you go. Shortly after oh, that, you'll get All your right. own RLQ. So, there you go. So it's easy. Uh, it's, it's wonderful. My friend, you're hearing this now. You, uh, I would take this, this, and for 
The first 20 who call in, they will receive a special gift from the Art of the CEO who send, who request this link. We will send you the link, and if you include a mailing address, a, a gift to go with it, it's just to info, I-N-F-O, at bartsbooks.com. That's B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S.com. And you are going to find that you are able, you're going to bounce back like Microsoft. And I can think of no one who bounces back from more unutterable failures than they. Nonetheless, <laughs> so it's very admirable. Before, before I get sued here, uh, Jules, you have just, uh, we're, we're I want to find out before we leave. You've you've entered sort of a, another evolutionary epiphany, as I understand it. You're you're taking aim at making ours a planet that's uh, cooler, greener, and more sustainable. In your own words, uh, how how is this going to involve remolding Mountain High Me to fit with your current mission? Yes, it's um, basically it's kind of an evolution of Mountain High Me to really shape shift to to legacy uh, mode and really to kind of develop and offer experiences to become guardians of the planet. Uh, we certainly need nature more than she needs us. And by you know com- combining projects that with making the earth cooler, greener, and cleaner, whether that's tree planting, ocean cleanups, environmental work, or educational projects to empower communities, uh, it's really very much a win-win opportunity and an opportunity for people to make a difference in their own way. So impact and influence. We're often with CEOs are saying, well, what can we do? We have certain themes or uh, elements that we like to support but how could we go even you know to the ends of the earth and do that how can we really take this um, cooler cleaner cleaner greener uh, and sustainable uh, mission to a different level so really looking at now projects that would do that um, so as part of the experience there would be um, you know involvement with the community planting trees doing an ocean cleanup uh, various things basically um, and, and I think this is just a great uh, evolution of that to give people more access Wonderful. to... Jules, I've yes. got to ask, if if I am fired by this new evolutionary experience and, 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 and or if I just want to achieve uh, some that mountain within me and build some resilience, how might I get in touch with Jules Lewis to, to launch a whole new inner and outer dimension? The best way, um, because I'm everywhere and, and people are everywhere, is through the World Wide Web of www.julie-lewis.com. The evolution of Mountain High is um, in co-creation mode as we speak. Uh, Julie Lewis will talk oh. you all about the resilience, and it will have a link to the, to the new uh, coming soon evolution of Mountain High Me. So that's the best way, julie-lewis.com. Excellent. Thanks so much. And Jules, thanks so much for coming on. This this is just an utter delight for me and I I know our audiences are uh are now salivating to trek off madly into some strange place and, and not fall off anything too high, I hope. So <laughs> thanks so much for coming on and we want to hear we'll have to have you back on to find out how how you're evolving uh Mount Naimi. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Have a magical day and wishing you many, many more new adventures. Okay. Thanks so much. And so as we round out today's feast, I am Bart Jackson, your curator of business wisdom, leaving you with today's business quotation, life is a bit like mountaineering. Never look down. That was a hint to the author of that quote. This individual with Tenzing Norgay, arm in arm, was the first person to reach the summit of Mount Everest. You 
should know that one. And remember, if you know the author of this quote, simply scribble that author's name down as you believe him or her to be. Send it right off to info at bardsbooks.com to win a career-igniting gift from the dungeons of Bard's Books Bookstore. And as a parting shot, in the words of my wife's husband, business is grinding your teeth at midnight wondering how you're going to meet tomorrow's payroll. Business is the next day when you announce the team to, to, to the team that their checks will be late, and they understand, and they still stick with you. It's the tragedy and triumph of human experience, and by the way, it's also the way we get things done. And to you, gleefully sharing our feast, I hope you've enjoyed the Art of the CEO show as much as... <coughs> Excuse me. As much as Julie Lewis and I have enjoyed bringing it to you, and remember, you may download this on all our episodes at, of the Art of the CEO by visiting theartoftheceo.com. And finally, to you who have honored us with your time, may I say, as always, it has been a privilege, and I thank you. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.